0: Welcome to Accessible Art History, the podcast, the best place for art history lovers or anyone that is curious. My name is Annalisa and I'm here to share an incredible work with you. Just a quick reminder before we get started. All sources and images will be posted on the Accessible Art History blog. You can find the link in the episode description as well as on our Instagram at accessible.art.history. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get started. week. I am going to discuss one of the most famous portraits in the history of art, the Arnolfini Portrait. It might seem like just a double portrait, but in fact, it's a complex piece filled with rich symbolism. This work was painted in 1434 by famous Netherlandish artist Jan van Eyck. Throughout this episode, I'm going to explore the motivations and history behind this work. So to find out more, then keep on listening. The main focus of this work is a well-dressed couple. They delicately hold hands and are standing in a richly appointed bedchamber. There is a mirror in the background, which shows the viewer that there are additional people in the scene. Some art historians even theorize that they are meant to represent either the viewer themselves or the artist. Above the mirror, Jan van Eyck signed and dated this work. This pride of ownership is something we really haven't seen in art up until this point. It shows that the artist was starting to emerge as an element of an identity. Now let's dive further into each element of this piece. Art historians are fairly confident that the man in this painting is Giovanni di Niccolò Arnolfini. Not Vladimir Putin, though they could be twins. Not only do we have surviving records at Telesis, but van Eyck actually painted another portrait of him during his career. Arnolfini was a wealthy cloth merchant, originally from Italy. His family hailed from Florence, which was known for its wool production. So it makes sense that Arnolfini was sent to Bruges to foster trade relations. In fact, he was so successful and well connected that he was able to marry Costanza Trenta, a cousin of the illustrious Medici family. The woman in the painting is a bit more mysterious. This is because art historians know that Costanza Trenta passed in childbirth the year before this painting was made. It is possible that Arnolfini took a second wife, but there is no record of this. That wouldn't be unusual during this time period for someone outside the noble class, though. Unlike Arnolfini, there are no other portraits of his wife that survive, so it's unlikely that we'll ever know that this is Costanza or not. There is some debate about what this painting shows. Obviously, it's a double portrait, but what's the occasion? A work by a master such as Van Eyck would have been quite expensive, so we know it had to be an important moment. There are two main schools of thought. The first is that it represents a marriage contract. The clasped hands and fine clothes look, especially to our modern eye, like a wedding ceremony. Some art historians argue that the figures we can see in the mirror are conducting and witnessing the marriage. If this work is meant to be a physical representation of the arrangement, it was likely done to show off the wealth and prestige of both Arnolfini and Trenta. There is another school of thought that this work was commissioned by Arnolfini as a memorial portrait. As I mentioned before, we know that Costanza Trenta died in 1433 in childbirth, the year before Van Eyck painted this piece. Perhaps Arnolfini was sentimental and wanted to show his love and devotion. By showing a tender moment, perhaps even their wedding, he was ensuring that her memory lived on. There is no indication that the child survived. This is most likely the only way he had to remember her by. Regardless of what this work is meant to represent, it is a beautiful piece. Now that we've talked about the subject, I think it's important that we cover the artist, Jan van Eyck. Virtually nothing is known about his life outside art. It is believed that he's from Masique near Maastricht in the Netherlands. I apologize if I pronounced that wrong. Some art historians believe that he was a student of Robert Campan, who I discussed in last week's episode. However, this point is hotly debated and it's likely we won't know the answer. The first time he is recorded as working is 1422 in the court of John of Bavaria, the ruler of Holland. It is almost certain that he was working long before this, though, in order to get recognized to work in a royal court. By 1425, he was working in the court of the powerful Duke of Burgundy. In fact, the Duke trusted Van Eyck enough to send him all the way to Portugal to paint a picture of the future Duchess, Princess Isabella. By the 1430s, van Eyck's fame had grown. His realistic style was highly in demand for both religious works and portraiture. A few of his most famous pieces, besides the Arnolfini portrait, are the Ghent altarpiece and the Madonna and Child with Chancellor Rolin. There are no works attributed to him after 1441, so it is assumed that he died around this time. Next, I'm going to cover all the symbolism in this piece, but first, let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsor. <music> Dive into some symbolism. This is one of the reasons that so many people love and treasure this work. The most prevalent symbols are the ones connected to love, which makes sense if this is meant to be a marriage portrait. If you look closely, there is a saint carved into the bedpost. Many art historians agree that this is meant to be an image of St. Margaret. She's a patron saint of Childbirth, which makes sense for a bed. There is also a small dog at the feet of the couple. This is often used as a symbol of loyalty in art, as a Latin word for dog, Fido, stems from the word for loyalty, fidelis. Finally, there are cherries growing outside of the window. During this time period, cherries and their blossoms were used to symbolize romance and love. Another major theme in this work is the display of wealth. As I mentioned before, Arnold Lefini was a successful cloth merchant, so it's natural that he wanted to show it off. For example, look at the oranges in the left-hand corner. Today, we can just run down to the grocery store and pick up a bag. But back in the 15th century, oranges had to be imported, This made them extremely expensive. In addition, the clothes and furnishings can also be considered symbols of wealth. In fact, beds were so expensive back then that it wasn't uncommon for them to be in a living room. The details, such as a chandelier and mirror, are also used to show just how successful Arnolfini was. The main reason that we can discern this much detail from the work is the fact that Van Eyck worked using oil-based paints. I discussed why this is so revolutionary in last week's episode, so make sure to give it a listen. He truly perfected the craft, because oil paint took longer to dry than tempura. He layered colors and glazes, called the wet-on-wet technique, and blended them. This added dimension and shine, creating a rich and complicated color scheme. It also helped to create a more three-dimensional look. They can best be seen in the two figures. They look as if they could step out of the painting and into our space. The wet-on-wet technique was a revolution in art and continued to be used for centuries. The Arnold lafini portrait is arguably the most famous double portrait in the history of art. Not only does it showcase the use of oil painting, but it helps us to understand the world of the 15th century. Although we don't know its true meaning, it's still an amazing piece of art. Make sure to tune in next week, because I'm traveling south to explore the Italian Renaissance. The first stop, Leonardo da Vinci's Last Supper. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Accessible Art History, the podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at accessible.art.history for updates and keep an eye out for our next episode. They drop every Monday on your favorite podcast platform.